Okay, so, are you ready? Are you ready for this? Amen. Because I'm, I'm telling you, when I prepared this, I was not ready for this. <laughs> uh, this, this really challenged me personally. I mean, I, I read it, and so much me, I'm thinking, whoa, is that really true? Is the gospel that good? So it challenged me. So that's why I'm saying, are you ready for this? Are you really ready for this? Okay, so bear with me, yeah. Okay. The topic I'm taking here is the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit is working in the world. Amen. We often talk about the Holy Spirit, our helper, our advocate, but actually the Holy Spirit is at work in the world as well. Okay? So, actually... It's a very encouraging thing. Dimitri, it doesn't look like it works. So would you put my first slide? Thank you. Fantastic. Actually, um, the Holy Spirit is at work in the non-believers a lot more than we think. And that's hugely encouraging for us. So I want you, as I'm saying what I'm saying this morning, I want you to think about your family who doesn't believe in Christ, your neighbors that don't believe in Christ, the people you know and you love that don't believe in, in Christ, you know, the Holy Spirit is on their case. A lot more than we think, okay? First of all, we know that the Holy Spirit is the life giver. So Holy Spirit, like God, is omnipresent and give life to every human being. Every person on the planet Earth has been created at the image of God. You believe that? Yeah. Yes? So no matter how far they've fallen, how bad they are hurting, how far they are from God, okay, God loves them. Okay? And they've been created by him. Think about Jesus being called the friend of sinners. What was it about Jesus that sinners, bad people, from the time, you know, they loved his company. But Jesus was with no compromise about the truth. He was without no compromise about sin. However, he loved them unconditionally. There was something non-judgmental about Jesus. He could see God's design in people. That means that people who were, were, um, were around Jesus, they felt love and shares by Jesus. This is extraordinary. Okay? And the, the second thing that really encouraged me really tremendously is that the Spirit leads and guides all people. Okay, I am not saying that a non-believer is filled up with the Spirit. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is the Holy Spirit is powerful and can inspire all people. You know... There is something such as common grace. Have you heard this expression, common grace? Mm -hmm. Well, everything in this world that is lovely, beautiful, it's inspired by the Holy Spirit. That's why you can find some beautiful thing as well amongst non-believers, and you can rejoice about these beautiful things. Anybody who actually works for, towards peace and reconciliation, that has to be a work of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Um, so I believe it's at work all the time. You know, when we hear about the Berlin Wall falling, when we hear about Nelson Mandela being released of prison, I believe the Holy Spirit was on that. You see what I'm saying? Is at work all the time in the world. 
actually, personally, God speaks to me a lot through movies. Okay, I was recently watching this series, This Is Us. I don't know if you ever watch a series. And I, I, I keep watching and I keep watching and thinking there's something about this series different than others. And you know, all the characters are, they float, they make mistakes. Uh, things happen to us, to them, and they are hurt and they're numbing their pain. But inside, this series demonstrates the power of love in a way that I've never seen before. And I thought, ah, I know what it is about this series. The power of love. There's something they really portray love really, really well. And I think there's something of God in that. Okay? Now, let's look a little bit at the passage that I want to really unpack, which is John 8, uh, 16, verse 8, and follow up. Okay? In essential, in this passage, is Jesus talking. And we know that the Holy Spirit, we've seen that in the series, the Holy Spirit, the whole job of the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit is to reveal Jesus. You agree? Yes. Now, Jesus in this passage says to the disciple, in a sense, don't worry, it's really good I'm going away because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit who will help you, right? And he's also saying, Holy Spirit has got actually a very important job in the mission and I'm coming here in verse 8 when he comes the Holy Spirit he will prove the word or convict the word that's the two version you could have uh, to be in the wrong about sin righteousness and judgment about sin because people do not believe in me about righteousness because I'm going to the father where you can see me no longer and about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. So, the role of the Holy Spirit in the world is to convict the world in regard to sin, righteousness, and judgment. What does it mean? That means he's actively at work in the world right now to reveal Jesus. The word convict here, you could see, we could substitute that to, we could change that for proving, proving, persuading, convincing the word. Okay, so really is proving, persuading, convincing the world in regard to sin, righteousness, and judgment. Thank you. All right, so this is what the Holy Spirit is doing. Now, about this free aspect of the Holy Spirit convicting the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. When you read the verses, it's like that. There will be Holy Spirit coming and giving a conviction of sin to people specifically about Jesus. It will go that way. Wow! Jesus! I believe in Jesus. I was wrong before. I need to repent. That's the first thing the Holy Spirit does. Second thing, there will be a persuasion in the heart that the only way is Jesus for righteousness. So the only way for righteousness is Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and, and, uh, and life. And basically, because Jesus has gone up, he's saying, Holy Spirit will do that. He will testify in heart that the only way for righteousness is Jesus. Then the third thing about judgment, it's very specific here. It says, it will convince uh, them of, of judgment 
For Satan, the prince of this world, has been condemned. So what it means here is that suddenly we're getting a revelation that Satan, the prince of this world, has already been condemned and defeated. So the one who was holding us captive before has fallen. So we are now free to change side. We were under the condemnation of this prince of the air. But now with this, wow, I believe Jesus is the only way. And I'm not, I'm free to choose side. I have this revelation. So that's what the Holy Spirit does. So you see, the Holy Spirit is the one who awakens and gives people the awareness of their sinfulness in order to be connected to a savior. Amen. That's a work of the Holy Spirit. That means we can't make that happen, by the way. That means we can't do that. We can't do that. Holy Spirit does that. It means that the Holy Spirit touches the non-believer's heart in a way that people start to agree with God's verdict, okay? Which is, you know the gospel, we all have fallen short of the glory of God. We all deserve the wrath for what we have done. But the good news is, the Savior has come for our righteousness to rescue us from that and from that judgment. So the Holy Spirit is at work. It's his, it's his work to bring salvation, conviction, persuasion in our heart. He does this work. Okay, now, a little tricky thing. Could you put my next slide, Dimitri? When we hear the Holy Spirit convicts the word, which is most of the translation, conviction does not mean condemnation. All right? And this is very tricky because in the English language, well, what is a convict in an English? In the English language, a, a convict is a person who has been condemned to serve time. So there's condemnation in it. So sometimes we read the scripture and the translation, unfortunately, they're always imperfect, okay? So we, we, the, we, we hear, the Holy Spirit convicts the world and we're thinking, condemnation, hell and damnation. But actually, Conviction does not mean condemnation. Con conviction of sin here, and honestly, this is the bit who wrecked me when I was preparing. I'm thinking, is the gospel so good? Conviction from the Holy Spirit means that he comes and he shows you what's wrong. Okay? There's no judgmental aspect in it. The Holy Spirit comes and says, Look, you believe wrong. You're doing wrong. He doesn't blame the person. He says, you're doing wrong. But I've got the solution. It's Jesus. That's what the Holy Spirit does. So when the Holy Spirit convicts people of sin, it is with a sole purpose of reconciling people to God. Amen. That's his whole purpose. Conviction of sin brings you to God and righteousness and lift you out of judgment. That's what it does. Condemnation, totally different ballgame. It's a tool from the devil to shame people. Actually, by the way, the devil brought condemnation in the world. Okay? We follow his voice and that's how the, you know, the beginning of Genesis is. So 
Condemnation is it's a tool from the devil to shame people. Often people run away from God when they're in condemnation. And condemnation is a negative, a really a negative judgment. It speaks about the person themselves, who they are. It includes shame, regrets, fear, and it does not provide any solution. So condemnation is goes like you're wrong, you're bad, you're evil, rotten hell. That's condemnation. Holy Spirit does not do that. Holy Spirit come and speak without any resentment and say, hey, gentle voice, hey. What you believe is wrong. What you're doing is wrong. But there's a way. That's conviction. And that's true for the believers, and that's true for the non-believers. Have you ever heard yourself this gentle prompt of the Spirit when you're doing something wrong? And it comes, and you say, hey, not so good that, not, not quite that reaction. What's going on? Have you heard that voice of the Holy Spirit? Well, in Romans 2, verse 4, it says, it's God's kindness that leads you to repentance. So here we are. Okay, so what I'm saying is a non-believer, someone who is a non-believer, okay, they are in a state of condemnation already. They are because they, they don't believe, so they are under the rule of the prince of the air. You understand that? I'm not saying they're not condemned. I'm just saying they are in a state of condemnation because of the prince of darkness. However, the Holy Spirit's job is to come to reveal the gospel and of Jesus. So it's not to condemn, but it's to reveal to them, to persuade them of the truth and the reality of the gospel. You get it what I'm saying? Yeah? And actually, the gospel is super, super clear on that. We all know John 3, 16. God so loved the world that he sent his son so we would not die but have eternal life. Verse 17 does not get quote as much. What is God 17? For God did not send his son into the world to condemn, condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Here you got it. It's not condemnation. It's the rescue. That's the good news. But it's funny because Christians forget the verse 17. Like, God so loved. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? We have to read the whole thing. So, yes, I do believe one day there will be a judgment. One day there will be a judgment where everybody will give an account. Did they believe or did they did not believe? Okay? But the job of Jesus and the Holy Spirit, that's why God is so lovely and so good. He provided the solution. He provided the solution. So the Holy Spirit comes and supernaturally touch every soul with the message of the gospel. That's what the Holy Spirit does. In 2 Romans 10, 17, it says, we proclaim the good news, but the Holy Spirit inspired faith in the heart of the hearers. So salvation, faith, is a work of the Spirit. 1 John 5, 6, 11, it's the apostle says the Holy Spirit bears witness of the reality of the Son of God. So when we believe in Jesus, when we believe of who Jesus is and all what he has done and the work of the cross, that's the Holy Spirit bearing witness in us, proving it's true, it's true, it's true, we know. Yeah? Acts 2, 
verse uh, 37, I love this example, Peter stood uh, and preached to the crowd. And when the people heard this, it says they were cut to the heart. And they said, what shall we do? Because suddenly what happened there? They said, wow, they got convicted. That's what happened. They said, wow, Jesus, I believed wrong. Now I believe it. Jesus is the only way, the truth, the life. And I can change camp. Okay. So, it's the Holy Spirit's job to convince people and awaken them. And so what do we do as Christians? What do we do then? So what we do is cooperate with the Holy Spirit. You could change my slant. Okay? So what I would suggest we do? Well, three simple thing. We keep to the message of the gospel, which is God so loved. Good news, guys. Amen. God so loved. Jesus came. Amen. That's the rescue. Okay? And we go after the reconciliation. Amen. The objective is, the objective is, Reconciliation with the Good Father. Okay? And we do pray and collaborate with Holy Spirit because Holy Spirit is the one who will birth salvation and it's the one who will work on that conviction of, oh wow, I used to believe completely wrong. I used to do wrong. I need to repent. So that Holy Spirit will do this activity. So we need to collaborate in the way we approach the people with that. Okay? In 2 Corinthians 5, Verse 11 to 21, and I put the passage there. Uh, I chopped it a little bit, but essentially uh, three, three verses is, is there. Uh, it really puts, described really well there, what are we supposed to do on earth? And basically, we are Christ ambassador for a ministry of reconciliation. I love how many times reconciliation appears in this passage. I mean, all this is from God. Who reconciled, sorry, my accent, reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sin against them. And he has committed us to us, sorry, the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassador. We are representing this reconciliation message. You see, we, we can't afford to judge people if God, God himself is not counting people's sin. Why should we? It is not, he's forgotten them. And even when he's approaching them, he's not counting them sin. He convicts, he doesn't condemn. I've got to be honest. Christian and religious people are sometimes the most judgmental groups of people I know. You all know some. And I think there's a reason for that. I think it's because they forgot about the gospel of grace. So they think they are righteous on their own merit. If you think you're righteous on your own merit, well, then suddenly you're thinking, well, I'm behaving pretty well. I'm, I'm, I'm behaving more better than those guys. And, and that creates the judgmental attitude. And a lot of Christians are like that. They get, sometimes even they get saved by grace, but they forget how they were. We all needed a savior. We all fallen short of the glory. So I say, let's get ready. Let's get ready to get sinners coming in with a pretty big mess, I'd say, because that's, that's why the gospel 
gospel is for. People won't come if they feel judged. They will not come. They are people group in our world right now who will never, never put a foot in the church because they think the church is judging them. Isn't it right? When it's actually the kindness of God. Oh, let them put to repentance. We've got to learn to love. We've got to learn to be like Jesus. Wow, we've got lots of work to do. I mean, we can't do it ourselves, by the way. I'm not saying go go to work on that. (laughs) You know, well, you can't do it. You've got to ask God to put love love in your heart. Let's follow Jesus' example with the woman at the well. John 4, I am going to go really quickly just to give you snippets. The Samaritan woman, you know, she was living in shame. She couldn't use the well in the city. She goes out in full noon sun, which means that, I mean, nobody goes, I mean, you don't know because you're British, but if you, some people are not British here, you know you don't go in the noon sun, right? It's crazy. She goes out in the city to the well, in the noon sun, to avoid people. That's what she was doing. And then Jesus gave her the good news. It says, whoever drinks the water I will give them, never be thirsty again. And he starts by giving the good news. So we do the same thing. And then you see that this is where the Holy Spirit conviction works. It's not that he avoids the issues. He uses kind of like a word of donation to say, oh, yeah, go and tell your husband this good message, knowing that she didn't have a husband. But she, she knows she's not judged because she opens up. And then Jesus said, yeah, 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 you know, actually, she's, I think she replied to him, yeah, I, I've got five. I had five observ- husbands and the one I'm living, the man I'm living in with now is not my husband. But there's no condemnation in all of that. It's just like, yeah, conviction. Oh, wow, okay, you need to believe in the one that gives the water, okay? You know, this conviction led, it, led her to freedom. That's the most important thing. Do you know what the disciples were saying at that point? Say, what are you talking to her? That's the responsibility. That's the response of the the disciple. Why are you talking to her? What does she want? Because, I mean, you know, Jewish people, they didn't like Samaritan people. That's one thing. She's a woman. She's got bad reputation. You're a man and you're there. You shouldn't talk to her. Jesus smashed all the convention there, right there. Why are you talking to her? What does she want? That was their attitude. The disciple. It's shocking. But Jesus does not judge her. He reconciled her with God. Bring healing. The result is she's no longer ashamed. She walks back to the city. Say, where well, I've met this man. She's no longer like, you know. She just tell the good news. Okay, John 8. The adulterous woman. Wow. The religious people drag this woman. I mean, I can only imagine the scene. Probably half naked, drag her, throw on the floor. Shame her. Humiliate this woman. I mean, I mean, personally, I always say, wow. Adulterous woman? Well, it takes two, isn't it? What were they doing to this woman? You know? Uh, but Jesus is like, who? 
He who is without sin among you, let him be the first to forestall her. That's what he says to her. So he's waiting, he's waiting, and then when they're all gone, he addresses the woman. And he says, did any of them condemn you? And she answers, it's very interesting, she said, no one, Lord. I think she, just even there, she, she already knew. This, this, this man is different. Something going on there. Already like a conviction there coming on her. No one, Lord. So Jesus said, here it is again. I do not condemn you either. I mean, he could have. He, he could have. He's the only one he could have. But he said, I do not condemn you either because he's after conviction, not condemnation. He's after this revelation that there is a solution for her. So he tell her, you see, she doesn't shy away from sin. But he tell her, from now on, do not sin anymore. Amen. You are free. Amen. Go free. Stay free. Don't sin any longer. Okay? Conviction, not condemnation. Jesus' goal is not to humiliate. It's not to put people down, kick them where even down, you know. But to bring healing truth. So we do what Christ did. We go as ambassador of reconciliation, bringing good news. We let the Holy Spirit doing the convicting bits. All right? Sometimes we wait to know a little bit the people. And we trust that God will speak to them about their sin. He's perfectly able to speak to them about their sin and lead them to repentance. It doesn't mean that we don't talk to people about their sins, but we do it the way it does. So that means we need to learn to speak the truth in love with no judgment, no blaming. We come for the conviction. We say, okay, that was not so good because, you know, when you believe that, this is what happened in your life, but you know there's a way out because this is what Jesus said. So we go after that. We go about the love of God. It was this free point. We go after the love of God. We go for reconciliation. And we collaborate with Holy Spirit. Believing that He is active. Today He is active. Tomorrow He will be active. Amen. You know, and He is active more than you think in people's life. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Oh, I'm just going. I don't even know what to pray. <laughs> it's so, it's such a, such a big thing. Yeah, just, just stay two minutes there. Let's not move in. Wow. Let's just absorb that. Wow. Jesus, your gospel is better than I can even imagine or think or believe. It's so good. You are so good that you do not catch the sin against us. You do not go for the blaming, for the judging. But you go for the love and the rescue that you so love us. You so love us. That you had the rescue plan already prepared. Father God, let us be a church where sinners can come freely to get free. Let us be a church where we'll embrace them, love them, disciple them with your love, Jesus. Amen. Let it be about you, Lord. 
let it be about you and your love because you are so, 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 so good. So good, Jesus.